welcome to uh, what is apparently a monthly sports short here at uh, the Secret Origins of Mint Condition. Uh, we're sitting behind the sports desk. This is Chris, and I'm joined, of course, by Joe. Hey, sports fans. How you doing? Uh, we're so glad to be here. This was impromptu uh, decision. We This is how Joe and I have decided to spend uh, Halloween, actually. Right, Joe? Yes, and it, it's uh, some of the discussion we're going to be having is very... Uh, 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 apropos to Halloween, because there were some frightening things that happened, especially in New York baseball. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah I think we can. Stuff. Yes, very scary stuff. Very scary. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So obviously this will this will come out a little bit later, but um, at at the moment it is October thirty first, and uh, there's a lot for us to discuss because we we haven't gotten together in in quite some time. Joe. Yeah. So um, so with that, uh, you know, we <laughs> Joe and I laugh every time we call it a sports short. I don't know why we bother. <laughs> Uh, maybe just because it gives us the giggles. I don't know. But uh, where do you want to start this evening, my friend? I think we have to start with the, um, uh, I guess, what's the term? Postmortem. Is that the correct term? Are the yeah. New York Mets and New York Yankees? Yeah, I think I think MLB is a great place to start. Absolutely. Let's do yeah. it. Okay. Well, um, let's see. As I said, uh, offline, I'm, I hope I, I don't get too crazy here. And I won't get too crazy about the Mets because even, I'm a Yankee fan. I can just hear every, all of our listeners too when you're saying, ah, "Let's hope, let's hope I don't get too crazy here." And I hear our listeners going, "Aw, well, all right, well, I'm, I'll try." Um, off the deep end, Joe. I, why else? Why else uh, log in here? It may very well happen. Um, the the Mets postseason was obviously short, but not so sweet. And 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 this is the guy who picked the Mets. I think on our last, was picking the Mets all year long. And on our last uh, episode, I think I said Mets in six over the Astros in the World Series. So uh, that's how much I know about baseball. But, um, you know, the Mets went in there supposedly with the, with the healthy, the healthy uh, pitches, you know, uh, uh, Scherzer, DeGrom, and uh, Bassett. And they did win one game, the middle game, but Scherzer got knocked around the first game, gave up some long balls and, uh, next night, uh, Degrom got in there. He gave up a couple of long balls, but he pitched well. He pitched, he had a quality start, and then Chris Bassett just spit the friggin' bit. I mean, this guy was their most consistent pitcher all year long because Degrom didn't come back until July, and uh, Scherzer was out with the intercostal uh, uh, injury for two months, and Bassett was carrying the load, you know. And um, it looked like Cookie Carrasco disappeared in this postseason. Maybe they should have pitched him in that third game, but it just. I, I was just, I was stunned, actually stunned that the strength of the Mets became, you know, the, their greatest weakness in this series to um, this three, best of three to uh, the Padres. And I did warn about this earlier in the year. And we talked about this very much with the Yankees, but I also said there, there is another problem with the Mets. Some, at times when they face good pitching, their offense can be shut down. And it was. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if Pete Alonso and, and uh, Frankie Lindor don't hit, Mets aren't going to win unless Scherzer and DeGrom go out and pitch shutouts. So it was very disappointing. Uh, I have met fan, fans, uh, family uh, members in the family, and they're, they're just, you know, they're still mourning over this. It was terrible to watch. It really was. But something that, you know, <laughs> the Yankees was a lot worse. But well, we'll to that. And, and to that end, out of curiosity, and uh, if you're not really sure how to answer, that's okay. But I'm, but I've been reading a lot, you know, I've been reading a lot about, about baseball. It's, it's not like football, right? Where if we get a great, great season in the NFL, and then you get an early burnout from the, in the flame out in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got 17 good games. That's what we got. Whereas with baseball, uh, is it 162? How many is it, Joe? 162, yes. 
162. So you got a great season of 162 games, and then you know you're out in a best of a best of five series. Um, how do Mets fans? I know I know a lot of what the papers and the media say, but like, you know, is there is there is it? Uh, I'm really stumbling over my words here, but I guess my question is: Was the season worthwhile, even with the flame out? Well, when you look at the Mets season, it's very interesting because it's almost like what happened to the Yankees last year. They they finished ninety with ninety two wins, matching the Red Sox because the Red Sox won the season series against the Yankees. That one playoff game, that uh, that wildcard game, was played in Fenway, which is a house of ours for the Yankees. They lost, so the Mets finished with the same record as the Braves, one hundred one and sixty one. But the Braves head to head against the Mets were ten to nine. Therefore, the Braves win the division and the Mets have to play the best of three in the, uh, in the new um, wildcard format. And uh, you know, you want to win the division because then you get the buy and you can, you can lick your wounds, get your guys, you know, who you're, cause everybody's beat up at the end of the year. Even if they don't say it, they're all beat up and you, you see who's, you know, who's healthy, who's not. You, you construct your roster accordingly. But um, you know, the, if the Mets had won one more game against the Braves, maybe the Mets, are, I don't know, maybe the Mets are playing the Astros today, but it didn't work out for them, and Met fans are are angry. Uh, of course, Yankee fans are angrier. Uh, and you know, uh, I guess the way to pin this for the Mets after go, you know going so quickly in the postseason is you know, we, you have numerous guys up for uh, uh, you know uh, J- Jacob Jacob Degrom and uh, uh, the center fielder. Uh, what's his name? Is escaping my right now? And other ball players who are up uh, for free agency. And a lot of Mets fans don't want Jacob DeGrom back. But, I, you know, he pitched well in that second game. But they're afraid that if they give him his 40-plus million a year, they can't spread that around and uh, get the other pieces that they need to put them over the top. So he's taking a lot of the flack for this season, and I think that's unfair. I think the team, I think the Mets, like the Yankees, wasn't constructed as well as it could have been. Uh, we'll get to the Yankees construction later, but there were some things lacking in the Mets, i.e. their offense. And that wasn't addressed at the deadline. Do you think that was something they could have addressed? Or do you think that they yes. made their choices early in the season and in the off season that sort of set the tenor for, okay, this is how much room we have and we know that we're operating. Because every every roster, with very, very few exceptions, um, has a hole or two, right? That's sort of the... the yes, when the system is that like you're 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 never gonna have a, a complete team, and that's what you know that's what opposing uh, coaches, managers, players are looking for. They're looking for those weak links in the chains to exploit, right? So, do you think that this was sort of a mess of the Mets' own making, or do you think that like just like every other team, they had weaknesses, and all and Atlanta just happened to be the team that went, okay, this is how we beat them, and then they went out there and they did it. Yes, I think that's what it was. And I think the weaknesses were exploited by the Padres, who came in with you uh, Darvish and then, um, uh, what's his name, Musgrave? Yes, I hope I got that right. Uh, that guy pitched uh, was pitching uh, a shot. He left with a, a shutting him out in seven-plus innings. Um, you know, the Mets at the trading deadline, uh, they, what the Mets really needed was a catcher. Oh, gosh, that could, I'm sorry. I said, I said Atlanta. I meant the Padres. I that's okay. because it, No, but you're right about Atlanta because it, in, in, so it, Atlanta had the big surge. The Mets didn't really collapse. You won 101 games. That's not a collapse. 
to lose the to lose the division, but the but the you know the Atlanta Braves had this humongous surge that was only matched in wins by um, more wins I think by the Mariners. So they <laughs> they went out you know in the first round too, but um, uh, the Mets should have addressed their catching situation. Wilson Contreras uh, was up for grabs. They could have you know they they, they could have made a deal to get him. Uh, uh, but again. You know, I, go, I just go back to the thing that I was hopping on all year long, or praising, I should say, all year long, was that the Mets have this great pitching staff, and in a short series, they're going to be a dangerous team. And that's not what happened. And it's like I'm still scratching my head. And half of New York is still scratching its head. The other half of New York has got a gun to its head. People, the Yankee fans, I mean, that's just, you know, this is, you know, uh, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But that was a tragedy of epic proportions. So... Um, what should the Mets do in the postseason? I think they should resign Jacob DeGrom, and I think they need to address uh, the catching position. And they've got to get another left-handed power bat in that lineup to complement. They need a power bat in that lineup behind uh, Pete, uh, Pete Alonso. I know Frankie Lindor hits home runs, but he's not, he's not a, you know, a, a power bat per se like Pete is. And that's lacking. You can pitch, you know, well, I'm not, you know, this, who's hitting behind Pete, Pete uh, Alonso tonight? Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Mark Canna. Well, I'll pitch around Pete Alonso to get to Mark Canna. I can get him out. So, you know, that's something that Mets need to address. And I think with Uncle Stevie's money, they will address that. Maybe they'll bring in Aaron Judge. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that, that talk is going on right now here in New York about Aaron Judge leaving. Where is he going to go? Sure. Well, and it's tough because honestly, even if he stays, which it seems like a lot of Yankees fans obviously would like him to, oh, I'd like him um, to. It was still, you know, a lot of this season seemed to really be riding on the on his on his bat during a during a historic season, which is why everybody went so cold on him when his bat went cold in the playoffs. And uh, I, I, at least here in St. Louis, I was hearing some blame of Aaron Judge for this is why we got bounced early, and that seemed unreasonable, unfair, and unrealistic. Um, because if you were counting on one guy to carry you through the playoffs, then you sort of got what everybody should have expected you to get. So I, so I guess we're sort of making that transition now is like, do you, do you, you know, how do, what do you think about the Yankees flame out? What the hell happened there? Bro? Okay. Let's just put a bow in the Mets right now. I, I, I just want to say that, you know, yeah, yeah, no, of course, of course. Uh, yeah. I think the I'm Mets sure have we'll, some, I'm sure we'll come back to the Mets because yeah. in my mind, the two are sort of connected. Oh, they are. Do their postseason, but also how they're going to handle going into next year. So I might draw some more threads back and ask you some more questions. But yeah, let's let's hear your bow. Well, the bow is that the Mets have some good young players in their system. Hopefully, we'll see them next year. Same thing with the Yankees. I think they've got to sign this. They signed Degrom. Um, they got to sign their center fielder, uh, and they got to find a, a bat, uh, a bat to complement Pete Alonso. Uh, and uh, you know, and and I, 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 I you know, and then you got to think about this, Chris. Max Scherzer will be thirty nine next year. And Max Scherzer, the last two seasons, he couldn't pitch with the Dodgers last year in his World Series because he had a dead arm. This year, he spent two months on the um, on the, uh, the the IL. And if you saw the game he pitched in game one of the playoff, of the uh, wildcard playoff, it was obvious he was pitching hurt. It, it, it was. I mean, it, he gave his best, but it just looked as he wasn't finishing his pitches. They didn't have the same movement. There was a little tick down in velocity. Uh, so I think uh, you know, going into next year, uh, they have an older pitching staff. They need to find some young arms in that staff because even Cookie Carrasco is in his mid-30s. 
and um, Bassett's in his mid-30s, and uh, so is DeGrum if they bring him back. So that could be a, a, a potential problem for the Mets. Their strength from this year could become a problem next year. You so, mentioned a couple of times this year, it just sort of stuck in my brain, that your concern for the Mets is that they were in a little bit more of a win-now position. Yes. Because, just because they, they don't have much in the way of a farm system. So I guess based on what you're talking about here, is there anybody you can think of either in the farm system or who, who is going to be you know a free agent that you think the Mets might be able to pursue? Or, or is at this point, are Mets fans just sort of hoping somebody comes out of the woodwork um, and suddenly suddenly shows up? Well, they can pursue people like Shohei Otani, who would be a big bat and a big arm. Uh, he has a year to go on his um, contract with the uh, Anaheim Angels. But uh, he was almost traded. Well, I think it was talking about trading him at the deadline. You could pursue him, but they would have to give up that uh, probably that stud catcher. Well, they did bring up at the very end of the season, and the poor kid was overmatched. They even played him in, the, in, in one of those uh, uh, one of those uh, uh, games against the Padres. So um, I think they there they but they have other pieces in the minors. Uh, you could you could uh, trade a, a Sterling Marte uh, possibly, but he's getting older too. I think the Mets are going to have to um, rebuild through the free agency, and there are there are guys out there. Uh, would the uh, Padres be willing to uh, uh, deal Soto, you know, for a haul? You figure Tatis is going to be back next year. Hopefully, he gets a big slap on the wrist and gets a good talking to before he comes back, you know. And uh, and if he's back, does that mean that Soto is expendable in that lineup? Possibly, although you know, I don't, you know, he's only 23. He's got two years of control, but there are guys out there, and as I mentioned, Aaron Judge is also out there. So um, I think the role for the Mets is uh, is free agency to get back. You know, okay. to uh, and they'll still be a, they'll still be a, a playoff team. I really believe that. Mm. But you know, who who thought the Phillies? What they have 87 wins would be in the World Series. So you never know, Chris. Sure. Right. Sure. Well, and that was sort of my next question is, do you think that they, but you've obviously already answered it, whether or not you thought this season was a fluke or if they could, or if they could possibly eclipse a hundred wins again. No season was not a fluke, but it's contingent on those arms again. And some of those arms are old, getting older. And then of course there's, what are we going to do with Jacob DeGrom? Are we bringing him back? And uh, can we find a, a, a bat to hit behind Pete and preferably a lefty bat? There's not enough. There's not enough. Uh, there's McNeil and Brandon Nimmo. Couldn't think of his name. And Brandon Nimmo's a free agent. So and, and Nimmo's a leadoff guy. He's not a home run guy. You can't bat him behind Pete Alonso. They. So uh, the Mets need a big lefty power bat in that lineup, I think. And okay. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I have faith in Buck. I'm not so sure about this Billy Epler GM guy. I don't. I don't know much about him. And I do have faith in Uncle Stevie's checkbook. Sure. So, sure. You know. Now. Do you want to turn to the boys in the Bronx? Sure, let's do it. Okay, give me a second here because I got I want to get my thoughts together here. Um, not since 2004, when the Yankees were up in the ALCS, three games to none against the Red Sox, and then proceeded to lose the next four games, lose the pennant, and the Red Sox won the next four games, beating your St. Louis Cardinals. Um, this is the worst um, pl- playoff disaster since 2004. And I think it's one of the worst Yankee showings in postseason history. 
I, I saw nothing as, from this team. Condemnation. Yeah, I, as Chris, I have to say it. I mean, it, it, it showed at times it looked like they were going through the motions. I mean, the guy that led the postseason in home runs in two series was Harrison Bader, who's not known for his bat. Great outfielder. He hit five home runs. Combined, Judgey and Big G, Stanton hit four. I don't know. Who, uh, there were, I, I think Anthony Rizzo hit two. But, you know, um, I was never really on the Aaron Boone train, but I'm off the Aaron Boone train, and I want him the hell out of here. He's got to go, and Cashman's got to go. And some of the stuff that was said after the playoff, not you know, they, they barely squeaked by the, the, the Cleveland Guardians. A good, good pitching staff, top to bottom, you know. But, I mean, uh, um, Jose Ramirez and, and, a, and a cast of thousands as far as bats go, hitters go. So there's no way that team should have taken the Yankees to, to a fifth game uh, on paper. You know, but again, you have to play the games between the lines. But to lose, to go down like the Hindenburg and the Titanic combined uh, <laughs> to the Astros in four games and to have them you know, uh, celebrate on your field in the Bronx, uh, just mind-boggling. And some of the things that were said by Aaron Boone and by some of the Yankee ballplayers, was staggering, absolutely staggering. I want to get this right. Hicks, Donaldson, and IKF, Isaiah Kainafalefa, um, they were singled out by their, by their you know, uh, peers in, in, the, in the clubhouse. Uh, you know, the other players said that the, the Yankee fans rode them too much during the postseason. Well, entering the postseason – Aaron, Aaron Hicks, who did get hurt, unfortunately, and could not play in the, in the Astro series. Aaron Hicks and, Jeff, and, and Josh Donaldson really showed up. I mean, they stunk all day long. They stunk up the joint like, you know, a backed up sewer in, a, in the subway system. So, I mean, you know, you're going to get booed. I mean, they booed Aaron Judge, which I don't agree with, obviously. But every Yankee I know, since I've been watching baseball since 1963, except one Yankee, has been booed. That includes Mickey Mantle. And we know they booed Babe Ruth. I don't know if they ever booed um, uh, um, uh, the Iron Horse, Luke Gehrig, but the only Yankee in my lifetime never to get booed was Donnie Baseball. Don Mattingly, I think the most beloved Yankee of all time. Donnie never got booed, but they booed Willie Randolph. Of course, they booed Reggie Jackson. He deserved it. He asked for it. They even booed Thurman Munson. And they booed, uh, you know, uh, Andy Pettit at times and even Derek Jeter. I booed Derek Jeter <laughs> once. That's a story. Wow, to really? You did? Oh, yeah. If we have time, I'll tell you that story. But uh, Aaron Boone then... We can have time. <laughs> oh, Aaron Boone complained uh, about the roof being opened, I think, in game two in Houston. And Judge hit a ball that usually goes out to right field. And the right field in... in, in the, I don't even know what the hell the stadium's called in Houston. It's got a different name change every year. But the Houston Dome, so to speak, the the ceiling is open. The ball doesn't go out. And Aaron Boone has the audacity to say in his post-game uh, you know, press conference that, well, you know, we caught a bad break because the roof was open and the judge's ball got knocked down. Are you, are you, I'm going to say, are you fucking kidding me, Aaron Boone? Are you making excuses for a ball not going out? When you play in a ballpark in the Bronx where if I got lucky, I might be able to hit one down the line because it's only 314 to the um, – Pole and 340 to the, you know, to practically the, the, the mid-right mid field. So don't, don't give me that. Right, that's that's yeah, bullshit. That's, that's, 
one of the features of baseball, right, is that there is no – I mean, there's a minimum, but we're not talking regulation. It's not like the NFL where every field is the, the same size. So no. that's, that's part of the game. I don't know at what point, you know, <laughs> I don't know at what you, point. You, you, well, you, no, we got unlucky. They were using bats. Well, Yeah, uh, yeah, right? I mean, uh, and that, he complained about an umpire too, Chris. He said there was an umpire that bullied him. What? Well, are you, uh, first of all, Aaron, Aaron Boone has been thrown out nine, eight, eight, nine times this year. You don't admit that an umpire bull. You're the manager of the freaking New York Yankees, and you're bullied by an umpire. Come on, put your pants on for the love of God. I mean, you know it, this is ridiculous. The excuses, and then you know there are plays. Apparently, Andy Martino. Uh, I forget what paper he writes for. It might be the Post. I'm not sure. There's so many writers, and still in New York, you know, nobody reads newspapers anymore. But um, uh, he said that there are plays right after the postseason ended, right after their four-game debacle to the Astros ended, that they were reaching out to their their uh, agents, get me the hell out of New York. I can't stay here anymore. The, the fans treated us poorly in the, in the postseason. Well, you know what? Then get the fuck out. Don't let the door hit you on the friggin' ass on the way out. If you're going to be a baby and a wuss and you can't play in New York, the biggest stage in, in, in sports were other guys like Derek Jeter, Mario Rivera, Don Mattingly, uh, Andy Pettit. I can go on and on. Have, have uh, David Cohn, even David freaking Wells, that lunatic, have risen to the occasion. El Duque Hernandez, I love him. These guys rose to the occasion in the postseason, and, and they played their best baseball. They didn't always win, again, that 2004 debacle against the Red Sox. But they never made excuses. And you're, you're, you, want, you want out? Well, then get the hell out. We'll clear your, we'll clear your payroll out. We'll bring in some ball plays. Play the kids next year. Play Cabrera every day. Play Peraza. Bring up Volpe. You know, even well, Rizzo uh, is thinking about, uh, you know, uh, not playing out his option because he has an option on his second year. That really confuses me because I think, there, I mean, there, there's certainly lines to be drawn, right? Like there, there are absolutely lines to be drawn where if you're, if you're hearing hate speech, right? If you're hearing anti-Semitic yeah. hate speech, or if you're, or if you have them chanting slurs at you, that sort right. of thing. Like that is no that's different. Well, but like, but if you're getting booed and that's a thing that hurts your feelings, like I, I am. You're in the wrong profession. You know, I'm, I'm very much that person who. Um, my kid can say the word fuck and I, I, I'm fine with that. I ask it that he state, says it here in the house around me and my wife because we don't mind. Um, but I don't want him calling people stupid because that that might really, really hurt somebody, uh, especially if it's done on a regular basis. I don't yeah. want anybody, you know, growing up feeling as though they're stupid kind of things. So like I'm that kind of person, right? I didn't used to be, but as I've gotten older, that is I do not call people stupid anymore. Um, which is, you know, it's, 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 I know it's not a change that everybody makes, whatever, but like, mm -hmm. even I am going, if they boo you in New York, they could boo you anywhere. And maybe you shouldn't be playing the sport. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. This is there, there are lines that I don't think fans should cross. Booing you is not one of them. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Now I know they booed Aaron judge and that seems kind of a little, you know, uh, Chris and whatever the, whatever word you want to use because the guy had a uh, uh, a season for the ages, you know, right it up there with booing so much that that confused me. And maybe you can shed some light on this, but it, it wasn't the booing; it was 
it was that I suddenly started to see, and again, this is coming from St. Louis, right? So like it's a it's different. I'm most of the media I'm catching is national or I'm getting the clickbaity type stuff that gets a little more distance because it's incendiary. Excuse mm-hmm. me, incendiary, but um but I was hearing a lot of blame for the Yankees flame out as being on Aaron Judge's bat. And that just don't get me wrong, I know one guy could do a lot of a lot of good or a lot of harm. I know he could do a lot of damage with that bat to either team. Um but it seems to me that if you're counting on a guy who's having a historic season to continue doing that in order to make it all the way to a championship, I don't know that that's a great bet. I would take the under on that. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I think I personally think that Aaron Judge was burned out more mentally than physically. Although he did play, uh, I think he played 152 to 54 games this year. He played, he played 70 plus games in center field when they didn't have a center fielder. He was a team guy. He did everything for the team. But I think that pursuit of that home run record, the American League home run record, I think might have burnt him out mentally. And I think that carried over. I think he got into some bad swing habits. Um, he was, you know, the, almost the entire year he was not swinging anything, any breaking balls down and away. And all of a sudden in September, especially mid-September on and into the playoffs, we saw Aaron Judge op- expand his strike zone. And the, obviously the opposition knows this. And they then they, they took advantage of it. The only guys in the lineup, everyday lineup that had that had good postings were Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo, and that's it. And nobody else showed up, so you can't put it on Aaron, Aaron Judge's shoulders. I mean, where uh, Josh Donaldson? I oh my god, I I think he's owed twenty five million dollars next year. You've got to eat half that money and trade him to somebody and say, look, we will we'll give we'll give you Donaldson. We'll pay half his twenty twenty uh, five million, and we'll just take. I don't know, give us an old team bus or a couple of bats and, and donuts to put on the bats, and, and we'll call it square. You got to get that guy out of here. He's He did it in the playoffs, Chris. He thought he had a home run to right field. He didn't run. And by the time he got back to first base, the right fielder threw the ball in, and, of course, he was tagged out. He sty- Nobody styles on a ball hit 320 feet to right field. You style when you hit the ball 450. Who's styling on Yankee Stadium hitting a porch job? Nobody does that. John Stanton doesn't do that. Of course, Judge doesn't do that. He puts his head down. He runs like Mickey Mantle. But, I mean, this asshole was styling on a ball that may or may not. I mean, and then he gets picked off. He gets picked off a first coming back. He gets he's standing there between first and second. Duh. Didn't I hit it out? No, you didn't, you asshole. Get back to first base. I just, you know. I want him out of here. Uh, obviously, Hicks won't be back, but they owe him $30 million, so they're going to have to do some creative bookkeeping with him. I think IKF, you can bring him back, but he's got to be a bench player, and you got to play the kids at short. Uh, DJ LeMayu was hurt most of the year. I don't know what's happening with him. I think he's becoming old before our eyes. You know, some guys hit that 32, 33, and there's no more PEDs in the game, except for guys like Tatis. <laughs> so... I think DJ is starting to break down. I don't know if you can you can count on him to play second base every day next year. And uh, just um, just amazing, showing no class. And I mean, can you can you be can you be have, show some class? I know it was an epic loss, but don't make don't make excuses. Just you know, hey, the better team won. We didn't play up to our potential. We'll be back next year, folks, and leave it at that. But don't blame the roof. Yeah, don't blame the fans. I mean, it just, it seemed, you know, obviously nobody's happy about a 
an early exit. Nobody wanted to make, and certainly not that way, right? So that's, no. that I know that didn't feel. But so, what do you think of? I know we're, we've got to get to the off season. We've got to get to the yeah. postseason. But before we do that, since this is going to dictate how their postseason goes, what do you think about them making the the Yankees making the decision to keep management? Well, uh, last week, uh, Hal, who's not his father, and we must say that when he first took over the team, George Steinbrenner, everybody hated everybody hated him in New York. Then uh, he, he, he hired the right people, i.e. Gene Michael, to rebuild that team. And, of course, he got tossed out for giving contributions to the Nixon game. <laughs> so when Steinbrenner gets tossed out and Gene Michael takes over, he builds that team that went on to, you know, Win those, uh, win those, uh, those, those series, and then of course, um, um, you know, uh, uh, other uh, people were involved in that too. But um, Hal, um, I think Hal is a bottom is a, is a uh, bottom line guy. I think the I'm, I'm sure the Yankees made tons of money this year. I don't think Hal has the passion for winning that his dad had. He said, "I'm not my father," and he said last week, "Aaron Boone's a very good manager." I, I, you know, um, I, I think I know enough baseball to know that Aaron Boone. I think Aaron Boone's managerial skills are end when he steps out of the clubhouse and into the dugout or onto the field. I think he's probably a good manager in that clubhouse, uh, putting out fires probably, maybe motivating some guys, but I'm not so sure about that. But his, his in-game decisions are very questionable, uh, like uh, taking out Cole uh, when, when he was in a bit of trouble in the fifth inning. The game was still close. You, this is arguably uh, one of the best pitchers in the American League. He's your ace. You don't take him out. He's making $36 million a year. And then you bring in, was it Schmidt? I think he brought in Schmidt. Uh, you know, a, a kid who's never pitched in the postseason before. Are, are you fucking kidding me? You can't bring in one of the big guys. Bring in Loisega. Bring in somebody else. But don't bring in, oh, please. Just some of the decisions he's, he's made throughout the year and, and in the postseason, I think, calls for him to be let go. And the same thing I would say with Cashman because the team was ill-constructed. Um, he made some moves at the deadline that helped, but still it's not a team that puts the ball in play enough. And you watch the teams that win, the, the Guardians, they kept hitting dinks and dunks and bloopers. And, and, and you know, that's how they won that uh, won those two games, the middle two games. So there, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the Bronx, but, but if I was Hal Steinbrenner, I would get rid of the GM and the manager. Get the hell out of here, along with the crybaby players. You know, get on a bus, get on a train, get on a, get, get a, give me a ticket for an airplane. Ain't got time to take a fast train. Get the hell out of New York, and we'll bring in, I don't know, maybe Derek Jeter and Donnie Baseball, or give Willie Randolph a call to manage the team, or uh, bring back, um, Oh, what's his name? The guy that managed the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays for for many years and and got them to two World Series, um, Joe Madden, guys like that. But please, give you know give New York a break, Chris. There isn't one per one Yankee fan that wants these two guys back at the helm, Cashman and, and Boone. Are we now since the Yankees are seemingly in a place where they're perfectly happy to just keep raking in the money because that's all that matters? I mean, are we just destined for more of the same next season? Are we going to see like, well, you know, we made it to the playoffs this year. We can go further next year. We just need to grind it out and not be playing in a space where maybe the ball doesn't go out of bounds. Go out of bounds. Hmm. Talking football over here. Um, <laughs> the ball doesn't clear the park. I, are we just looking at more? Are Yankees fans just 
looking more at more of the same going into next season? I, I think if you keep Cashman and Boone, yes. Um, and I think I and I, I you know I won't, I'll I'll even say uh, Hal Steinbrenner because I don't think Hal is committed. I I don't think he he doesn't want to have a payroll uh, approaching three hundred million like um, like the Dodgers and the uh, the Mets have right now. Uh, you know, uh, but again, this is the biggest stage. This is New York. You got a guy across town in Queens that's going to outspend you. I mean, come on. You know, your fans deserve better than better than that. You're making money. You can spend the money. It's not, you can't cry poverty. This isn't the Pittsburgh Pirates or the, or the Kansas City uh, Royals. This is the New York Yankees. You can spend it, but you got to spend the money judiciously. Don't you don't go out and make a trade to get IKF and take a salary dump, i.e., Josh McDonald, who's owed fifty million dollars in these, these these two years between this year and next year. That's stupid. If if you need a shortstop because you want to move Glaber off a of short because he's a terrible shortstop, then you should have brought up Peraza at the beginning of the year and play him like they did Jeter in '96. Uh, you know, and Peraza had better numbers. Uh, better, um, uh, what are these uh, numbers called now that they, they call them now? The, um, the analytics. Thank you, Chris. Better analytics fielding than Jeter did because Jeter was a was a uh, an average fielder. He had a quick release, uh, but he was not very good going to his left. He was good going in the hole, the jump shot, the jump throw, and everything. But you could have you with all the power and you had on this team at the beginning of the year, you could have put a a neophyte guy at shortstop who can catch the ball. IKF couldn't even do that. I mean, he made so many big errors. Uh, God, it's it just, it, it's, it's mind-boggling to watch this team do the same crap every year. Oh, yeah, but Boone was the first manager in history to win 100 games his first two years. Yeah, well, you, you got to take into account the division wasn't too strong at the time. Now it's getting stronger. We, we, hear, we hear rumblings that the... Um, Toronto Blue Jays are going to make a, a, a push for Shohei Otani. Wow. You know, that's, um, that would, you know, you add him to uh, Flatty Jr. And, um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the center fielder. Uh, I can't think of these guys' names. But, you know, uh, uh, Bichette, at, at, uh, who plays short, and uh, Chapman at third. And uh, I wish I could think of the center fielder's name, but I can't. Uh, and it's just, um, you know, you had that guy to that lineup. And then he could pitch every five days uh, as a lefty, too, by the way. Then uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to be in some doo-doo next year contending with that team. So um, there's a lot of work to be done in the Bronx, but I think the work cannot begin until you get rid of the two pariahs, uh, and that's uh, Cashman and Boone. Remember, Boone never managed the game, not even in the minor leagues. He came out of the he came out of the uh, the TV box to manage the Yankees. I'm sorry, that is not that is not the way you do it. No, no. I need a guy that's managing the minors, or at least at least you know was 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 a coach. But don't give me a guy who was uh, up in the ESPN box for X number of years and then make him my manager. Ah. Uh-uh. So I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess for me, sort of standing on the outside. I mean, is there is there any reason, if you're a Yankees fan, to hope that this trend doesn't continue? Is there any reason to think that that at some point anything other than dumb luck will dictate whether or not you have a a, a manager who could take you uh, back to the promised land? 
Well, I think it's more than that. I think you start with the, with the manager and you start with the GM, and a GM comes in because the Yankees have a lot of rebuilding to do here, I mean, especially if Judge leaves. Then you, you know, then uh, uh, tough to ma- tough to think who you, whoever you'd bring into helm at the helm as manager without judging that lineup, right? Uh, Stanton is starting to break down. He's getting older. He didn't play much this year. Anthony Rizzo is opting out. He may or may not come back, and that leaves you with um, Harrison Bader <laughs> and uh, and Glaber Torres and a cast of young youngsters. So you got to get somebody in here. It's going to say, all right, if we don't. Resign Judge, then we take that four hundred million dollars we were going to give him, and we spread that around to two or three everyday ball plays, and you get creative, and right. you maybe you, maybe you go out and you sign a um, a Carlos Correa, or you sign uh, uh, somebody like that, or you 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 you, you resign um, uh, Andrew Benintendi, or if uh, Michael Conforto is healthy next year, maybe you you give him a, a flyer, and put him in Yankee Stadium. If you, especially if you lose Judge, that can't replace Judge, obviously. But you got to get creative. And I don't think, you know, Cashman likes to shop in the bargain basement. And I think Boone is more concerned with optics, saying the right thing in the press conference after a terrible loss or a terrible series, uh, not throwing his ball players under the bus. I understand that. But at the same time, you know, Boone has come out – more than once and said IKF by the metrics is one of the best shortstops in baseball. Guess what, Aaron? I have eyes. I can see. I got four eyes. I got a pair of glasses on. I watch the games. IKF is not a good shortstop. He sucks. Period. End of story. Don't give me, don't give me analytics. Uh, the, the guy feels everything with one hand off to the side. Uh, you know, Derek Jeter used to feel it at the hip, but that was – so he's not Derek Jeter. Uh, you know, he's got, a, he's got a strong arm, but he's got a grok for a glove. It's just, ah, uh, uh, this is just, where we get into where mad. you can't, you know, human instinct in a lot of situations sucks. Yes, it does. It sucks, right? Our our judgment is colored by so many things we're not even thinking about. So when we're when we're evaluating um, a player, when we're evaluating a team, when we're evaluating a season, when we do it by our guts and and just our our judgments. Um, we're not good at it, generally speaking. And analytics is extremely handy, except as we all know, numbers can absolutely lie. Numbers mm-hmm. can be made to lie. Numbers can do whatever we want them to. Um, so to, to only look at the analytics or to only judge with our eyes doesn't make any sense. So it, it's tough for me to trust a guy who says, well, you know, by the numbers, he's a really good player. Excuse me, like you said, you've got eyes, you're watching him. He's not. If, if Man, mm-hmm. I just... It's tough for me to stomach somebody with that kind of influence excuse me, over, over an organization who is going to, you know, unless they're an accountant, look at the numbers. And again, even even then, context is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, I know this is not a direct parallel, but, you know, when everybody was saying, oh, Netflix t- stock is tanking and, um, you know, they're not getting they're, – they're actually losing subscriptions. It's like, well, sure – if you just look at that, that's that's bad, right? That That's a bad thing for Netflix. Except you have to look at the context, which is we're coming out of a pandemic in which everybody had Netflix. So you can't sell Netflix if there's nobody to sell it to. You can only go down. There is a ceiling to these things. Exactly. You have to look at the context. And it sounds to me like like this is a this is a manager who's who's not looking at the context of the numbers that he's, that he's looking at, which is disconcerting. My, 
Am I on any sort of right track here? Or am I? Protected? I think you're. I think you're definitely on the right track. I, I think he's, uh, he's. 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 And I think also he's a manager that um, has uh, is under the thumb of the general manager. I mean, they, they have a meeting every day before every game up in the GM's office. Could you imagine Billy Martin <laughs> doing that, or, or even you know, I wonder if Buck Showalter does that with Epler before a game. I doubt that, but uh, maybe he does. But uh, yeah, okay. I guess it depends on the nature of the meeting, right? But if it's but if you're meeting to talk about things as opposed to well, meeting to talk about the lineup, Chris, they're talking about the lineup classes and then getting to it, you know. Yeah, they're talking about the lineup. You know, Aaron, uh, the metrics show that you shouldn't play this guy today uh, because there's a full moon tonight, and uh, you know the the stars aren't aligned properly. I mean, it's it's coming down to like stupid stuff. Um, baseball of all the four major sports is at at once the hardest game to play, hitting a round object with another round object, but it's also maybe the easiest game to get your head around because it's see the ball, hit the ball, or when the ball's coming at you in the field, catch the ball. There's, you know, there's, you're not, you know, yeah, you read defenses in baseball, but it's not like calling an audible at the line that a quarterback does. I mean, you just move, you know, the, the, co- the coach in the dugouts, go, you know, he's waving his right hand to the, the right fielder, to move closer to the line because there's a, a pull left, a pull, uh, a lefty pull hitter up. It's, you know, it's, that's a whole big deal. I mean, you know, who, who can, you know, you should know that first of all, if you're playing the alpha and you know who the player is, you shouldn't even need the coach to tell you that. So it's, it's not, you know, I use this, this, you know, analogy a lot. It's not, it's not brain surgery. It's, it's baseball. So can we, can we, can we get back to the nuts and bolts of the game and, and get a manager who understands the in-game decisions with not only with the, the starting pitcher, with the bullpen and playing and playing the right, playing the hot hand, you play the hot hand. You know, the guy's been hot for the last 10 games. Don't take him out because so-and-so is pitching this game tonight. No, keep him in there. But that's not the way Aaron Boone and Cashman approach the, uh, uh, the game. And I, I, you know, uh, the mission statement for the Yankees is we have to win the world series. Otherwise it's, it's a, uh, uh, the season is a failure. Well, now that's, you know, we've had five seasons now of getting tossed uh, uh, in, in the postseason. So sometimes very early. Well, and that's, you know, I mean, that's, I, I just, I, I sort of can't wrap my brain around. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's sort of an element of the mentality that I, that I want to hear, which is the goal is a championship. But I don't like the second part, which is without that, the season is a bust because that's that means that you have 29 failed seasons every year. We already know that, mm. that 29 teams are not going to win the World Series, right? So I, I just – the idea of it being a failed season, I can appreciate if, you know, after a number of years of building and building and building and rebuilding and rebuilding and that now you're in the place and you say – if we don't win the championship this season after adding these pieces and spending this money, this season is a failure. I can get behind that because I do think that there is, there's a shelf life for these things. And at some point you go, it's now or never. And if you don't do it, that's a failure, but there are plenty of other seasons where I think, okay, you had a good season or you didn't have a good season or what, but you can, I think you can have a good season without winning a championship and, avoid calling it a failure and this is again different sport but like the last two the so the last two seasons i would argue for the buffalo bills have been successful Mm -hmm. seasons 
Yeah, I would, I would say yes. And obviously they were disappointed. Mostly, I, you know, last year, last year was tough. The year before that was tough. Um, you know, especially that that loss to Casey in the playoffs two years ago. That was that was hard. Um, but they weren't they weren't failures as seasons. Sure, you didn't win the Super Bowl, but they weren't failures. I think this year, if Buffalo and I'm, I promise, I know, <laughs> sports fans, we're we're getting to football, but not quite yet. <laughs> yeah, um, not there yet. But you know, I think this year, if they said, okay, well, you know, Josh Allen's going to be a free agent, if that were the case, and you know, we we signed somebody to a one year contract, and and this is the move that we're making, and. Um, you know, this is the year kind of thing. If they signed, for example, Alvin Kamara to a one-year contract, um, you know, now I think, okay, if you don't make the Super Bowl, the season is a, is a bust because we know you can do all this stuff and you took the, you made these moves and now that you didn't make the Super Bowl, what are you going to do next kind of thing? I can, mm. I can appreciate if, so I don't necessarily agree with that this year, but I can appreciate if somebody said that. Um, but it's hard for me to think that, you know, no matter how many championships the Yankees have, if every season they don't win one is a failed season, that just, man, that I just, it leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. How do you feel about it, Joe? I mean, do you feel that strongly that it's necessarily a failed season versus it was disappointing or I wish we had done better kind of thing? I'll, I'll use uh, 2017 as an example. No one expected the young, the baby bombers, they were called then, to go that far. And they, they, they lost in game seven in Houston, they lost the pennant. So I would say that was a, uh, a successful season. But then they bring in uh, Giancarlo Stanton and uh, other players. They bring in, they bring in uh, the next year they bring in Garrett Cole. So you're telling us you're bringing in all these high-priced ball players and your goal is to win the World Series. And you, and, and you don't even win the – I think for the New York Yankees, and maybe it's the same – this is true of the Mets this year – if you don't get to the, if you don't win the your your uh, your pennant, your you don't win the division, uh, the division, the, the NL pennant, the AL pennant, then I think it was a failed season. Once you get to the World Series, I you know again in baseball anything can happen, a bad hop, a bad call by the umpire, obviously. Uh, the Phillies, let's take the Phillies, eighty-seven wins, um, the last team to get in on the wild card in the National League, and now they're tied one all with the Astros. They'll be playing Game Three tomorrow night. If the Phillies don't beat the Astros, I don't think anybody can say the Phillies season was a failure. It was just the opposite. It's like, it's fantastic. Now, if the Astros don't win, that's a failure. I believe that's a sure. failure. No, and that that I can, again, things I can get behind. I just, for me, it's a context thing. I don't think, and, and I think the season is a failure if a team tanks. That That is obnoxious. Um, but I do. I feel very, very strongly that that, you know, it's not necessarily a failure to, to not win the whole thing. Sometimes you're not ready and that's okay. I think it's a failure if you make it to say, if you make it to the, the you know, if you make it to game seven of the mm-hmm. uh, pennant every year for three years and you can't get over that hump and in year four, you don't quite make it to the final round before the World Series. Okay. I could, you know, I could call that a failure. Absolutely. Um Yeah. Uh, I would, you know, I, I'm very disappointed. I mean, I, I, I expected, I expected more. Um, but at the same time, I knew there was a flawed team going in, and we knew that the biggest thing that was going to hurt the Yankees was their inability to hit with men in scoring position. And I mean, it, no, they not one. They play. Let's see now. They play five. They played nine games in the postseason. I could be wrong about this, but I think I heard that 
At no point did they get more than six hits in one game. Now they beat the. Uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, you <laughs> you gotta put. I mean, I, there are times I'm 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 screaming at the TV, first and third, one out, and of course Josh Donaldson is up, and I'm saying, please, please, if you're not if you're not strike out if you're going to hit it to a double play and give give the next batter a chance, but of course the next guy up is usually IKF. It's like, well, you know what? Can Josh, can you at least put the ball in the air and get that run in from third base? You got a fast guy at third base. You got, say, uh, I don't know, the kid Cabrera who can run like the wind. He's at third base. Or you got a medium fly ball. Or just hit a dribbler somewhere. Just put the friggin' ball in play. But they don't do that because they're constructed to hit, you know, exit velo and and the launch angle. This may have, This may change next year with the shift mostly going away. But you know what? Uh, right now, it's like it's a team that just—it's poorly constructed. It—it uh, it has trouble putting the ball in play. It has trouble bringing in runners. Uh, it has trouble stringing hits together. Uh, it relies on the home run, and uh, too much on the home run. And um, and to be fair, uh, the Yankee bullpen was devastated from the from the you know the second half of the season on. But when you look at the playoffs, the, the pitching was not the problem, and the bullpen did very well. So, um, I, I, you know, I blame some of the managerial decisions that, i.e., that's Boone, and I blame the hitters, the everyday ball players, for just not being able to hit the friggin' baseball. Too many strikeouts. Nothing good happens when you strike out. You can't move a runner over by striking out. So, just um, where they go next year, I don't know. I don't know if they know right now. I think the Mets have a, a clearer idea where they're going mm-hmm. than the Yankees do. And that's that's what I feel. Right, so there we go, Chris. That's the New York Yankees. That's the New York Mets. Um, and, of course, I'm rooting for the Phillies to beat the, the friggin' Astros. Sure, sure. You know, because I hate their guts almost as much as the Red Sox, but not. <laughs> but uh, it's getting up there. It's, it's, you know, the Red Sox are one. They're 1A. If you're – and if and if the uh... – the pain is still too near. That's okay. But um, what do you think overall of the, the, of the playoffs this year? Where does that, where does that rank for you? How much, how much engaging and fun baseball was there versus uh, groaners or times you just turned off the TV sort of Mets and Yankees aside? Well, yeah, the Mets and Yankees, the playoffs uh, runs were, were definitely, definite groaners and they were, you know, boring baseball. Um, I enjoyed, uh, I, I, well, I guess I wouldn't say enjoy. I was shocked <laughs> by the way the Dodgers and the Braves played. I mean, you look at this postseason in the National League, the three teams that were supposed to fight it out to get to the World Series were supposed to be the Mets, the Braves, and the Dodgers, and they all got, you know, they all got bounced. And um, I was, sh- I, I, I watched, I was, I enjoyed watching the Padres play, though. Um, this kid Grisham, I believe, the center fielder. I think he hit 220 or something low, even lower than that for the season. Had a great postseason. Um, you know, uh, so did um, what's his name? Oh uh, God, yeah. Well, Soto had some big hits, but I'm not so sold on him yet that he's the, the end all and be all, the second coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they make this guy out to be the next. Uh, um, well, he's a left-hander, so I don't know who you would equate him to. But I'll equate him to say, let's say Ken Griffey Jr. He sure as hell ain't him. Nowhere near. You're not in the same neighborhood. But um, on the whole, I would say it was a very ho-hum postseason. 
But I would think, you know, I think things, I think once we get, now we're going to be in Philly for the next three days. We also, we know how the Philly fans are. They're lunatics. They, that most of them should be in cages or, in, or, or behind bars. But uh, so this could be very interesting. And um, I'm sure there's going to be a, that they're going to bring their trash cans and, and they're going to be, uh, you know, uh, jeering at the, at the Astros and calling them cheaters and whatnot. So uh, I think we could, we could have some interesting uh, baseball yeah, still yet to be played in this, in this World Series. Okay. So that's, that's the coder, I guess, on, on, on MLB right now. All right. So, uh, so sports fans, uh, we're going to surprise you here and keep it under an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, sort of, sort of, uh, yeah. we're going to keep it under an hour because that was the baseball we needed to talk, but we still have football and hockey to discuss. So, uh, we're going to come back to you. In oh, in the NBA, game. Chris, <laughs> I always do. I always do every time. Um, so we're going to come back to you with, uh, with another episode. Another quote unquote sport, but it is, it's a sport short. It's shorter than yeah. normal episodes, which are about this an hour. True. And here we are sitting at about 50 minutes. So uh, good for us. Well done, Joe. Uh, congr- Thank you. Uh, hearty congratulations to you, my friend. Yeah, no, did I go was I too over the top? Do you think I. <laughs> no, 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 no. And honestly, you were, you were worried about the expletives. It really didn't come out that. Just that a few, right? More yeah. Than usual, sure. But uh, not more than for anybody who actually spent time with you at Mint Talking Baseball. Far less, far less. <laughs> so, uh, so, oh God! I hope there wasn't people coming with small children at the time. Well, I mean, you know, but they're going to hear that. They're, they're going to hear those words eventually, right? I know, but still, <laughs> we, were, we were always a family store in intent, if not always in language. That's true. Okay, that's a good point. Very good. Very, so, uh, very. Thank good you, Joe, for all, all all of your excellent insight. You're uh, welcome. Into Major League Baseball, appreciate you. And um, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about, but um, but for now, sports fans, we're we're going to come back to you with uh, well, I guess the the second recording of our doubleheader, huh, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as uh, as uh, uh, Billy Williams said, uh, it's a nice day. Let's play too. All right. Well, no, it was, it was at Ernie Banks. <laughs> it was a club. It was a club. That's all I know. <laughs> all right. Let's do it, Joe. Let's play too. Sports Let's fans, play. we'll be back in a minute. Okay. Yeah.